0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Gear Up podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemak. I am the founder and curator of this awesome podcast, which is meant to help young men of God live as men of God and follow him um, without ever falling away. A lot of times men's ministry focuses on men who have already fallen away, who have already found themselves in crisis. Well, we'd like to keep that from happening. We'd love to help young men of God Uh, pursue Christian manhood and masculinity before they ever get to the point of crisis, uh, before they begin to fall away. Uh, With that being said... This podcast is sponsored by Pastor Mike Novotny and his new book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. Now, Pastor Mike Novotny is a co-pastor at the Core. He is the lead speaker for the media ministry, Time of Grace, and he serves as the chairman of Conquerors Through Christ. He lives in Appleton, Wisconsin, and his new book is Three Words That Will Change Your Life. Now, those three little words are God is here. That tiny little sentence can change everything. Truly understanding God's presence is the key to more happiness, less boredom, more rest, less rush, more love, less drama, more peace, and less fear. A deeply satisfying life doesn't require a sabbatical, a new career, or a new year's resolution. As long as God is glorious enough and near enough, you can cast aside the cheap substitutes you've settled for and enjoy the life that is truly life here and now. This book will help you shake off the guilt and shame of sin and see yourself as God sees you. Find the joy he has been waiting to give you as you discover how three little words can revolutionize your relationship with God. I've read this one. Um, It comes out today, actually, January 7th. It comes out, uh, no, actually, it comes out tomorrow, whatever. It comes out tomorrow or today or whenever you listen to this. By the time you're listening to it, it will have already come out, most likely, so go get a. A, a, a copy of it on Amazon. It's the easiest way to find it, the best way to buy it. Um, go get yourself a copy. Enjoy it. It was a big one for me. I really enjoyed reading it over cr- the Christmas holiday. Um, it's an excellent book. It's very funny, um, but it's hard hitting and uh, speaks a lot of truth at the same time. So go get yourself a copy. Make sure you're supporting um, Time of Grace as well and sharing the message of the gospel with more people than just the people in your family. Make sure you're sharing the message of the gospel to everyone you meet every single day day let's get into the show you are listening to the gird up podcast to gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of god here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that god created us to be Now it's time to roll up your sleeves, and let's get to work. Today, once again, gentlemen, we are talking about Gideon in our study of men of the Bible. The story of Gideon begins in Judges chapter 6 and continues through chapters 7 and 8. Um, Today, our theme is transitional figures. If you have not read the story of Gideon, I suggest you dig into your Bible and do so, that you go look it up for yourself and read it as a refresher, Um, but... In the meantime, I'm going to read a section for you from Judges chapter 6, beginning at verse 25. That same night the Lord said to him, this is Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down your father's Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down and offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Whew. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than the daytime in the morning. When the men of the town got up there was barrel altar demolished with the ash were beside it, cut down and the second bull sacrificed on a newly rebuilt altar. They asked each other who did this? But then they carefully investigated, and they were told Gideon's son of Joash did it. The men of the town demanded of Joash, "Bring out your son; he must die, because he has broken down Bels altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it." By the way, uh, the Asherah pole was basically it was a giant fertility symbol of fertility. So, um, <laughs> well, just to, to say it, it's a giant penis is what it's representing. It's, it's a fertility god, and so by worship, in order to worship um, Baal by an Asherah pole and, and the god Asherah, I think, is the goddess, they would find a temple prostitute and they'd have sex with her. That's how they worship. So this is what they're all upset about. This is what Gideon tore down, and they're all upset about it now. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon Jerubba Baal, saying, Let Baal contend with him, because he has torn down Baal's altar. (laughs) Now, Gideon's family had strayed from the Lord in the hundred or so years since Joshua died, the enemies of Israel have had their way with the Israelites making war raping, pillaging, impoverishing and murdering the defenseless Israelites without relenting. And once the nation was mighty and strong And no army could ever stand against the likes of Joshua and Caleb uh, because they were godly conquerors of the promised land and they were faithful leaders in matters of government and faith. They were wise men. They were good men. They were fearless in battle and righteous in their living. And the blessing of the Lord was with them as they conquered. Their sons, however, did not fear the Lord. And the generations that followed forgot the mighty deeds of the Almighty God and left their Creator to worship the gods of Canaan. These gods were far more enjoyable than the God of Israel anyway. This is sarcasm. When faithful Israelites lived by the law, they had endless rules and regulations to follow, strict codes to live by, restrictive policies on all things that gave earthly pleasure. They couldn't eat what they the Canaanites ate. They offered expensive and bloody sacrifices day after day, and they wasted one day a week and several weeks a year resting when the Lord said they weren't allowed to work. We call that the Sabbath. The Canaanites didn't have any rules, it seemed and they lived to please the flesh. Sex was a regular part of worship, and they could eat whatever they wanted. It wasn't long before the God of heaven, the mighty one who had rescued them from Egypt, was forgotten, and his children chased every kind of sensuality and pleasure that the land they were living in had to offer. Gideon's father owned some land in the city that was on it, and in the town square for everyone to see stood the ultimate icon of Canaan's adultery, the Asherah Pole. To secure fertility and plentiful crops, the Israelites would go to the Ashereth, find a sacred prostitute, and do all the things the lovers do, desecrating themselves, abandoning God, and condemning themselves to lives of despair and difficulty because God abandoned them to their sin, waiting for them to return to him. When God called Gideon to lead Israel's armies, his first task was to chop down and destroy his family's Ashereth. This act was to make sure that Gideon was an outlaw. If he, would be, if he did it, he would be hated, if not killed by his family, and likely it would be taken as an act of rebellion by the occupying Midianites, and surely this was a foolish and deadly act in the eyes of doubtful Gideon. But the spirit came upon him, the deed was done, and when he was condemned to die, he escapes with, just barely escapes with his life by the love of his father, who speaks on his behalf. But the Lord's plan is in motion. Soon he's summoning Israel's army and leading them to victory over their oppressors. And with the Lord going out before them in all his glorious strength, Gideon learns to trust the Lord. At first, he asks for sign after sign after sign. But by the end of the war, he acts decisively, confidently executing the will of the Lord and doing the work of the kingdom. Gideon's brothers and sons join him too and his righteous behavior. And anyone who stands against Gideon stands against the Lord. As long as Gideon walked the earth... His family served the Lord. None of us gets to decide our family and race, the place, the time, the decade, or the circumstances into which we are born. We don't get to choose our family or select our inheritance. These things are dictated by the Father alone, and he promises he has a plan for us, good works, and prepared in advance for us to do. Hope in a future, regardless of our starting points or where we come from. Wherever your journey of faith began, there's a place for you in the kingdom. And so we say, as Joshua, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether it's your gods that the forefathers served or the gods of the heathens in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Of course, that comes from Joshua 24, verse 15. Now, I want you to reflect for a few minutes. Reflect on the family you come from. I want you to name three positive characteristics that you look forward to passing on to your own family. What are three positive characteristics from your own family that you look on to passing to your own? For me, um, off the top of my head, I should have thought about this beforehand, I guess, but off the top of my head, I love that my family has a reputation, particularly the men in my family, for being stubborn um, in a good way, right? They know what's right and we're going to live righteously, and we're going to do what we believe is right no matter what the consequences are. No matter what uh, the repercussions are, we're going to do what's right. That's the way the men in my family live. Um, Second, I love their tenacity. Um, The men in my family also have a tendency to see things through to the end. Um, Sometimes that's actually not a good thing because the commitment to finishing the job sometimes interferes with with family and, and other things, but I love I love the tenacity with which my family goes about their business, and then finally, um, I would say, just intelligence and thoughtfulness. Um, the men in my family love to learn, love to read, love to study, love to, to 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 gain more wisdom and knowledge, and to continue to improve throughout their lives. And the men in my family, on both sides of my family, my dad's family and my mom's family, really enjoy that idea of lifelong learning. Right? Um, on a negative side, <laughs> the anger has a tendency to crop its ugly head up in in my family, particularly in the men in my family, we tend to get angry. Um, so that's something I want to get under control, and it's something I do not want to pass on. Um, the other th- uh, There's also a lot of addiction um, and addictive tendencies in my family, not necessarily substance abuse, um, but like – Addictive tendencies, right? So whether it's sports or whether it's food or whatever it is, we have a tendency to latch on to things that are not the Lord and to pursue them with our whole hearts and kind of get lost in them and then we wake up one day and go, oh, boy, this isn't what I was meant for. This isn't where I was supposed to go. This isn't what was supposed to be happening. So those are things that I would want to eliminate from my own family. So reflect on your own family. Reflect on a family you come from. What are some things you want to pass on? What are some things you absolutely do not? Second thing I want you to reflect on is uh, what idols tempt you. I kind of hit on this in the first one, but what idols tempt you? What do you place on the throne of your heart instead of the Father? What measures can you take to guard yourself from this sin? For a lot of young people, that's sex, right? Whether it's actual sex or whether it's um, the endless pursuit of women and approval of women, whether it's pornography and masturbation, a lot of young men, that's sex. Uh, For a lot of other young men, it's success, Right. So whether it's getting money um, or, you know, going on more dates than anybody else, whatever your definition of success is, pursuing that at the cost of all other things, it's a big, big challenge for a lot of men tend to put that on the throne above our heavenly father. So what idols tempt you? What do you have? uh, What what often gets put on the throne of your heart instead of the father? And what measures can you take to keep yourself from this? Of course. What can you do to keep yourself from ending up uh, (laughs) replacing your heavenly father with something of the world? And finally, give me the opportunity to dictate the situation in which you were born. So if you could change the circumstances of your birth, would you change or alter your, your childhood or inheritance at all? If so, how and why? What measures could you, would you, what measures can you take to uh, provide a faithful, a household faithful to the Lord and to your own family and children? So first, Uh, I want you to think about the situation that you were born into with your parents and your family, your financial situation, all those things. If you could change where and what you were born into, how would you change it? Um, And would you change it? Um, And I think obviously you don't want to change too much because our experiences shape who we are. right? And and going back and and, uh, having that conversation sometimes can be actually harmful. Um, But I think if I could tweak... My uh, the situation I grew up in, I would say I wish I wish I had brothers. I think that would have taught me a lot about uh, toughness and kind of stick to itiveness. Um, I it would have been helpful to have that built in friendship. I think, although that would also probably I wouldn't have such close relationships um, with the buddies that I that I became to really know and love the guys I call my brothers now. I don't think I'd have such great uh, relationships with them. But I think I would I would have a brother if I could change anything. Um, and I think there are some things I quit on early in life that I, that I would I would go back and change that. I think I would also, um, if I could go back and change something, we would live really close to my grandparents. I would get to know both of my grandfathers very, very well, um, better than I do even now. Um, I think that's what I would change. Now, I want you to think about yours. What would you change? Um, and then in that framework of what you would change about your childhood, how can you shape and affect Um, a household that you one day will have or that you have now? How can you um, provide a household faithful to the Lord and to your own family and children? What can you do to ensure the best possible situation for your children to grow up in? Reflect on that. Um, I want you to think about those things this week. Reflect on them. Think about them. um, And uh, start acting on them. Make sure that you are changing for the better, um, that we're not declining, but always growing more faithful to our Heavenly Father, growing closer to Him, building relationships with Him, um, and not drifting in the opposite direction. Let's pray to close this one out. Let's pray. Lord, you are the creator and author of all that is, all that has been, and all that ever will be. Guide us to walk in paths of righteousness for the sake of your Son, whose blood was spilled to redeem us and to claim us as your own. Make us strong and faithful leaders, guiding our own families households, churches, and communities in the way. Drawing ever closer to you, forgive us when we stray. Restore us to the right path and guide us safely home to heaven with you. Amen.